Welcome to the Eagle Eye Podcast, the number one show to bring you all things Club America in English. Your hosts for today, Ivan Pineda, Christian Rosendo, and everyone's favorite cowboy, Dylan Jimenez. Let's start the show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Eagle Eye Podcast. Quite the hiatus, I know, but we're back to talk all things Las Aguilas de la America. We have quite the show in store for you guys today. But before I get any further, let me introduce, as always, my co-host, New York's favorite resident, Christian Rosendo, and everyone's favorite cowboy, Dylan Jimenez. Gentlemen, how are you? First of all, I hope you're safe. I hope you're sound. And uh, second of all, are you, are you guys excited to be back? Um, hello everybody. It's been, it's been a while. So I, I think I'm gonna be a little bit rusty. I, I think I speak for all of us here. Um, but first things first, uh, Ivan, thank you. Uh, I am doing well. My family's doing well. I hope for the both of you, everyone and everything's okay. Um, definitely something we didn't see coming, uh, something so unexpected, something so terrible. Uh, luckily for me and here in New York, things are starting to be on the, on the, on the better side of things. Even for a long time, we were on, on the, on the bad part of things, but Slowly but surely, we'll get through this, and um, I hope everyone out here listening and watching is also safe as well. Oh, yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Glad to hear that everything's going very well down there over in New York. And now, Christian, uh, let's move over to Dylan, over to Texas. Dylan, how are you over there in uh, in the sunny state? The sunny state? I think they got the wrong state. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's sunny most of the time, I would imagine. I'm in, I'm in the Lone Star State. Thank you very much. But no, I've been every, everything is going good, you know, just uh, here in the Permian Basin, you know, just trying to watch those gas prices go back up uh, slowly but surely. Uh, they're just right, still mating right about $40, maybe a little less. But any other than that, though, uh, I'm doing good. Everybody else is doing good here. We're trying to hang on with this pandemic going on. Uh, Christian, glad to hear you're doing good. I even hope you're doing good, too. And then, you know, I'm just excited to, you know, Bring fresh content, you know, something a little different now to the platform, but, you know, I'm ready to rock and roll with it. No more. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. I'm doing good. Thank you so much. And everyone who is listening right now, we hope that all of you guys have been doing well under the circumstances that the world has been giving us. And of course, like Dylan said, we have a new show. We have a new layout. We have everything just kind of rolled out the red carpet for this new season coming up ahead. Of course, we have a new home in the way we're streaming all of our services and for those of you listening over on twitter hello welcome yes that's right you're watching the eoi podcast so um it's it's going to be very interesting it's going to be very fun and we're very very excited to get going and like i said we have quite the show today we're going to be talking all things america here uh lady aguilas uh, Clausura 2020 recap and we're also going to be talking transfer rumors club updates and then we're going to give you guys a preview of the upcoming Copa por Mexico uh, in which America is going to be participating in this Friday so we finally get some Liga Mekis back into the action of things and of course we're finally going to see Asilo de America play so let's kick this off and let's go straight into what is the first segment of today's show and it's going to be all things Lady Aguilas of course a lot of changes have been going on. A lot of stuff has happened. Uh, of course, the ladies are back and everything. Um, and we thought to give you guys the most information, the most detailed information, we reached out to a fellow colleague of ours who's going to be helping us get all this information. He's going to get us all informed and here to tell us more about Our Lady Aguilas is AJ from the Blue Creams. Have you been wondering about America Feminines since COVID-19 happened? I got you all covered with the summary. So COVID-19 testing happened in Coapa, in which all the results have come back negative. 
Liga MX Feminine have also announced they'll be making a comeback on the 24th of July, the same time as the men's league, though there will be no playoff changes being made, unlike in the men's league. For transfers, we have 17 players that have left America Feminine. These players are listed as following. Debra Romero, Estefania Fuentes, Viviana Michel, Dairi Hernandez, Mayra Rios, Reina Velasquez, Natala Villa, Susana Abundes, Destiny Duron, Daniela Cantar, Heidi Gonzalez, Ana Lopez, Samantha Rayano, Karen Matrigat, Lucero Cuevas, Esmeralda Verdugo, and Alexia Villanueva. American Family has also made five new signs to their team, and these players are Querétaro Family goalkeeper Natalia Acuña. We got Saira Moreno, Scott Lopez, and Janet Jimenez of the U17 team of America Feminine. And we've also signed all-time lean Morea Feminine goal scorer, Dalia Molina. There has been a rumor that America Feminine, Mefida Alondra Gonzalez, wants to return to America after being away from the sport for a whole year to participate in Exatlon. Though she doesn't like Leonardo Cuerar much, who's the current manager of America Feminine, and he also does not like her back, which is causing some problems in her wanting to make the return to her former team. In contract extensions, we only have one player, and that is Jennifer Munoz. So she'll be staying in Coapa for another season. We also have a new Club America jersey, away jersey being revealed by one of our very own America Feminine players, and uh, Ana Lozada. For call-ups, we had America Feminine goalkeeper Jiggy Gutierrez and defender Jimena Rios being called to make Mexico's U-20 women's national team for their very first virtual training camp. And then recently, America Feminine has gone back to training again following COVID-19 protocols. So that was AJ. Thank you so much, AJ, for that great, great detailed information about all things ladies. Aguilas, make sure if you guys don't follow AJ or the Blue Creams, you guys do so now. He's going to get you guys covered on all things, whether it's the men and the ladies. So thank you again, AJ, for that great, great informative video. Uh, Christian, I mean, exactly from going from what AJ said, I mean, a lot of news has been going around, especially in the ladies camp. Um, I mean, just kind of trying to pick your brain here. What is your take on all these departures from the team 17 players mm. left the club uh what, what do you think is going on over there um i feel like this is a, a reoccurring theme with uh with this with this team you know um every season it seems like there there's a lot of departures and it's it's very interesting to see and i, I i'm, I'm kind of wondering why um i guess the only reason why i think would be i think uh Koya just wants to do something just just change up the fundamentals of the team um, I guess the biggest the biggest departure for me would probably be Lucero Cuevas. Um, and we, we all knew how, how good she was and how, how much of an impact she made when she was on the field. So it's very interesting to see why there were so many and very little coming back in. Um, but it definitely should be uh, an interesting season uh, coming up for America Feminine. No, yeah, definitely. Like you said, it's kind of this recurring thing that, you know, season after season, we get to a big chunk, a big... Uh, portion of the team kind of let go um and and i do wonder how that kind of factors in to the seasons ahead and i'm not just talking about this one but you know 
other seasons to come because I feel like you you get rid of a lot of squad depth and a lot of sometimes even your core squad from previous seasons. How much do you think that actually affects the team going forward in regards to chemistry and actually building a team? And do you think this is why uh, we sometimes feel that America lacks a bit of identity on the pitch because they've lost some key players? Of course, 100%. Every time you make a drastic change like that, it's always going to affect you in, in the long run. Um, I guess starting with, with chemistry, that's something you, you picked up on. When you let go of 17 players, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely going to have an impact on, on, on squad chemistry. And I think that's, that's a, a good reason why we haven't seen this American team be as consistent as we know it can be. Um, another thing we should highlight, I think, is the, is the, is the arrival of five women from the U17, which is very, very, uh, very surprising to me. Uh, seeing uh, how much he's banking on on these younger players. Um, but like I said earlier, though, I think this should paint for an, 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 an interesting start to the next season. Oh, yeah, definitely. And Dylan, I, I feel like it's always continuously been this factor in uh, Liga Mekis Femenil that we kind of throw a lot of the responsibility and a lot of kind of the pressure on these younger players. Like Christian said, we were getting a couple of new players coming in and most of them, you know, well under the ages of 20. Um, I mean, h- how does this look for uh, as as far as, you know, the squad coming into this new season for America? Well, I think you said, you know, you, you put the pressure on these players, but I think it's a good sign. Uh, you, whenever you think of Guayada, you know, you you see him have some success with some of these younger players. You know, he mentioned, you know, uh, Jimena Rios and then uh, J.D. Gutierrez, too, getting called up to U21 and have uh, their virtual camp. And, you know, you've seen these these ladies, too, have success at the U17 World Cup when they made it all the way to the final, but fell short and, and uh, you know, didn't get to win that game, which I feel like they rightly deserve. But now you're getting these players from the U17 team come and pull up. And I think this not only just shows for for Cuellar and his work with the team, but also, you know, I think the, as the league as a whole, as you know, they start to develop some of these younger uh, Mexican players and they start to move up to the senior team. And I just did think that these are some positives that the club and, you know, at the league is going to see uh, for the next coming seasons, you know, for the future too. Um, not just for the senior team, but, you know, going towards the national team too, which is a whole different subject. But um, I feel like the pressure will be there. I feel like we're maybe going to see some rust to start the season. You know, you're kind of wondering what the squad's going to look at look like whenever the first uh, first match day comes. But you know, I think it's a exciting, maybe a little promising too. Yeah, no, most definitely, most definitely. I will have a much deeper dive into what the squad is looking like for the upcoming season once we start heading closer into what uh, the season is going to be for them. Obviously, starting as well as the men's in July 24th, as AJ had mentioned for us. Um, and of course, uh, you know, we brought in a couple of players and it's still rumored that we might bring in another player. Um, you know, it's it's rumored that uh, 23-year-old Mexican-American defender jo- uh, Jocelyn Orejel might be coming to America Femenil from Cholos. Uh, it's a player that I think would definitely come in and actually give a boost uh, on the defensive side of things. I think Dylan, you and I have talked about this off camera is that we sometimes feel that the ladies have kind of such a great potential going forward. But when it comes to the defense, we kind of lack a little bit of solidarity in that sense. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely agree too, especially with Verdugo going to. I think that was a key part, especially after the, you had the departure of Diaz whenever she left, uh, like I think about a year ago, I, I believe. Um, and then you see Verdugo go now too. So I think uh, that's something that you need to feel, um, feel into at that spot at this point in time. 
No, yeah, definitely. So we'll have you guys all informed over on the ladies side of things. Make sure you guys follow us over at the Eagle Eye Podcast uh, over on Twitter and Instagram. We'll keep you guys up to date on all of that. And uh, also make sure you guys follow AJ and his account, uh, Blue Creams. Uh, that is going to be, give me a second. I'm trying to pull that up here. I want to give him the right proper shout out. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, uh, AJ, for that informative inf- uh, video. And uh, you guys can follow uh, the blue creams at the blue creams, just like that all together over on Twitter. Make sure you guys follow him and get all your guys's news from him as well. All right, gentlemen, moving from the ladies side of things, let's go over to the men's. And before we actually start talking about what's been going on in the season uh, for the season coming up ahead, I think it's time we kind of retrace our steps a little bit and kind of just acknowledge what happened in the Clausura 2020. It got cut short, obviously, because of what we know already about this whole COVID-19 situation. But um, I kind of just want to, you know, pick your guys' brains a little bit, retrace our steps and kind of think, where was that squad at? And did the break come at the right time for the team? Uh, or was it actually more beneficial to kind of progress with the season and get this team kind of gelling or, you know, was this break actually due? Christian, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to hear what you have to say about this. Sure. So I think I'm one of the people that thought that the break came at a, uh, at a right time and a much needed time. Um, prior to the break, uh, our last four games, we had two, two losses, one win and one, one draw. Um, that loss came to Necaxa on the 29th uh, and Cruz Azul on the 15th, right before the break. Our only win was against Atlanta United and the Champions League. Uh, but not even even then, we didn't even play the full 90 minutes to the way I think we should have played it. We, we blew them out in the first 45. And then the next 45, I think we just let off the gas. And then they, they kind of they came back at us with some dangerous chances. Um, prior to that game, we had Pumas on, on, the, on the 6th, on March 6th. And we drew 3-3 in, in Seoul. Um, another game which went a little bit back and forth. Moments in the match where I thought Pumas were, were a lot better than us. It just didn't seem we could find our footing. Um, I think that, that's been the problem with America since, um, since the end of February till, till the last game, which was against Cruz Azul. We just really couldn't find ourselves on the pitch. We couldn't establish a, a game plan. We couldn't establish um, identity on the pitch, which is something that I think this, this team lacked all season long. Even when the games that we did win, some of them were kind of just like we scraped by them. Um, but finishing fourth at the break, uh, wasn't all bad, but it definitely could have been, uh, improved. No, yeah, definitely. And, and I kind of want to just kind of run a little bit of stats from you to you guys. I mean, we finished, like I said, in fourth place, 17 points. We're only five away from league leaders, Cruces. So it's not like it was kind of a big gap or a big margin. And to say that we were kind of far off, uh, just on paper, didn't seem kind of far fetched. You know, I mean, you're looking, we did score 11 goals, which, by the way, was not a lot leading up to that season. I think we're probably one of the worst teams in the top eight in regards to goals, goal score. We, we were the worst team. Right? So, we were the worst I, team, yeah. But in contrary to that, we also were, I believe, tied for the third best defense in the league as well with 11 goals conceded. Um, so, I mean, it, it it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of a back and forth situation with America, right? Like you mentioned, you know, in the last five games, you know, we won two, lost two, drew drew one in the league. Um, so I mean, I mean, you, I think you're right, Christian. I, I think this was stopped at the right moment because I think America was lacking one depth uh, because, of course, so many injuries at that point kind of kind of hurt the team. 
in the long run into play the way that Piojo Herrera wanted them to play. And then, uh, two, I, I just don't think the team was actually gelling. I think you were asking way too much of Leo Suarez in his first season at America. Um, Santi Cáceres, of course, had to be thrown in there because of the whole Guido situation. So I think it was... It, it was a period of time in which, okay, this is proper for America. Just kind of sit sit it out and, you know, resume play when we can resume play. Or like we just saw, the league got canceled. And I'm curious to ask, do you guys think that it was right to cancel the season? Or should we follow it in the steps of kind of La Liga, the Premier League, and kind of gone and finished the season out and just started it a little bit later? Uh, Christian. Um. I was in favor of them uh, canceling the league. I think it was the right choice. I think it should have been the right. I think that should have been the choice for around around the world. Um, for us, it just didn't make sense to continue it now when the new season would have started about the same time it picked back up. So it, it just made sense on a, on a, I guess a viewership standpoint just to cancel the league. I know it's it's bad it's bad for for all the revenue for all the teams for all the league. I, I understand that, but there's there's priorities and definitely the 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 health of the of the players and the fans and everyone involved is definitely priority over over revenue. Um, I guess that's just not the the way people see it around the world, or especially in Europe. But uh, but for me, it was the right choice. Okay, interesting. No, I, I concur with you. I think it was the right move to make. Um, you know, it's going to be odd how this that's all going to be played in the history books later down the road. But um, I you know I, I guess I'll have to figure that out as as we go about it. Uh, Dylan, before we move on into the next segment, I just kind of want to pick your brain and to regards to the Clausura 2020 season, uh, just kind of anything to follow up on what Christian said or anything you, you think that, uh, you know, we should have addressed. No, I think Christian hit it uh, head on, uh, to be honest, you know, it's, it's, it's with everything going on, uh, especially with me and everything that I've been doing with work, you know, it's just all a haste to me now. I, I don't remember much of it, to be quite honest, um, but maybe it might be for well, for the best, you know, because I just kind of mm-hmm. felt like the team was uh, was uh, kind of in, in this like lim- weird limbo of being inconsistent a little bit. Uh, but, you know, um, obviously COVID hit, you know, the league, uh, the league uh, stopped and then eventually canceled, which I believe was the right move. But I think Christian hit it pretty much hit it head on, um, you know, so just wiping that out of the memory and uh, moving on to the to the next season. Definitely, definitely. Uh, one thing I do want to say before we move on is that uh, our player of the season was Ochoa. And I think this is what we predicted, Christian. Uh, it was that he, he would he would struggle the first season, but he he, he was going to come back stronger even the following season and hopefully this season as well. Mm-hmm. No, of course. Ochoa had a, had a stellar 10 games that we played. Um, definitely the reason why we won some of these games and why some of these games ended up in a tie. So it's it's good to see Ochoa in form and kind of just prove himself once again that he is uh, the best goalkeeper in Mexico. Definitely. So hashtag no memo, no party. Um, yeah, you love yeah, that I hashtag, mean, that, don't you? Oh, you Dude, ride you it till I die. It's, 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 it's going to be my first and only tattoo. It's going to go right here. It's going to be hashtag Dude. no memo, no party. Dude, that, that's, that's going to go on your grave. Watch. <laughs> Back of the head stuff. Yep. They just remind everyone. Remind them. Um... But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. I, I think we covered all the bases, uh, kind of the more important kind of details. And like we mentioned, it's it's not a stellar season that we had to go back and kind of really highlight certain stuff. It was more of a, really, honestly, 
and it still feels like it. It's a transitional phase for America going into the future because we've lost some key players. We don't know kind of the future for some players that are still on the roster, you know. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how this America copes with this new season coming up ahead. So, um, you know, let's kind of fast forward into the present day now that we've kind of left the uh, the past and the behind. Um, and let's actually talk about what's been going on in the club. Transfer rumors, club updates, and all that stuff that has been happening. Of course, a couple of rumors have been circulating the web, but not much traction to them, Christian. I believe most of them died out a day or two after they have been announced. Uh, do you kind of want to go through a couple of them that you kind of were hopeful for, but just kind of mm-hmm. flat out just didn't even make it into the week? Yeah, sure. I guess the the first one we can go with is probably, um, probably this guy from... Real Madrid Castilla, Sergio Diaz. Um, he was <clears throat> heavily linked by by Spanish media and by Mexican media. Only only to come uh to come to know that negotiations fell through literally a day after we posted a tweet on June thirteenth. Um, so I mean it it was a l- little bit of a bummer because he he did seem uh promising, but it's all right though. Uh, the next guy I think we should talk about is the um, the player from Granada, uh, Alvaro Vadillo. Um, another another rumor that kind of just died off literally at, at an instant. Um, he seemed he, he seemed like he could help us on the on, on I guess on a winger problem, which is something that me and you Ivan discussed very heavily that this team needs new wingers. Um, and while he can play winger or he could play behind the behind the striker, I think he would he would have been a good fit. Unfortunately, that died out as well. Um, then you had the, this insane rumor on on June twenty fourth that uh, that Jurgen Dam was released by Tigres. Um, and then for some reason, America was somehow linked to him. But um, it, it, I had known because I do follow Atlanta United a little, a little bit. It, it was known that he had a, a pre-contract with Atlanta United. So that's why this rumor seemed a little bit, a little bit awkward to me, especially because there were reliable sources tweeting it out as well. So it, it, it just didn't seem likely uh, for me. But it was definitely an interesting option with the whole Rante Ibarra thing, uh, which we'll, we will touch on later. Um, so that was also an interesting option. Um, and I guess the, the one that everyone talking about, uh, Ruben Sambuesa, is he coming back? Is he not coming back? What's going on with him? I guess the latest we can just give you right now is that you know, we're not the only player trying to go after for him. America is trying to go for him. It's just the, the topic of, you know, so many foreign players. Uh, is this one going to get registered? Is this one going to be leaving? Um, is there going to be a free spot for him? We don't know. Is this player going to convert to, to born in Mexico or is he going to stay with this foreign title? We don't know yet. So. Still up in the air about Sambuesa. I know we aren't, we aren't the only player, like I said. Um, there are, I think, two two teams after him as well. And I think that's something we need to keep looking out for. No, yeah, definitely. I mean, a, a lot of stuff has been circulating. And the only actual confirmed transfer we have is Emilio Sanchez coming back to the team, uh, formerly from Cholo. And I'm sorry? Luis Reyes as well. And Luis Reyes as well, of course, coming back from his loan spell over at uh, Atletico San Luis. So, I mean, technically two players, but I, I think we all were already expecting Wesso back. And now really the only addition that we really didn't even expect was this Emilio Sanchez kid. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much a kid anymore. I believe he's, what, 24 years old? Um, so he, he he's definitely coming into the team to add depth. And um, I think when we were preparing for this show last week, uh, we kind of sat down and we watched a couple of his highlights and we saw that he could be a very interesting player if yeah. he gets the minutes. And I think he's definitely going to be getting some coming up this Friday. Um, and I think he need, really needs to showcase because, um, you know, a lot of good stuff has been said of, of him in recent times, but whether or not he actually shows up for the team, that's a whole different situation. And uh, we'll have to wait and see. But really, that's the only two updates that we have in regards to the squad in 
transfers coming in. Transfers coming out, nothing actually has been said. The only actual thing we know is that Nico Castillo is not going to be registered for this upcoming season. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's out of the team. I think that just necessarily means he's not going to be registered for the for the apertura, but Piojo Herrera is maybe counting for him to come in the clausura, if I'm not mistaken. Correct, yeah. So, just a little bit update on him. Uh, you said it, he's not going to be registered. Just obviously just to free up a spot for someone. Um, but like you said, I think America still banking uh, their money with Nico Castillo, hoping that he can make some sort of an impact, especially in the clausura. Uh, I don't think it'll be right away in the clausura. I think it'll be kind of midway uh, into the season, but they're still going to bank on him. They still think he has potential. They still like him. They still think he can offer a lot to the team. Uh, relatively still kind of young in, in, a, in a sense. It's just... These damn injuries, man. It's these injuries that, that are keeping him from, from showing his full potential in the eyes of Piojo and, and the whole board. So we'll, we'll have to see what happens. Um, I, you know, I hate to admit it. I'm probably in the 1% that still thinks he can offer something. Uh, I think the whole fan base is just done with him already. Um, but it's, I don't know, man. There's just something keeping, keeping him alive in my, in, in my mind. So we'll just have to wait to see next season because we're not seeing him this season. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And Dylan, you were one of the guys who kind of predicted this going forward is that you still thought that even with this injury, Nico Castillo was going to be someone the club rolled their dice for. Uh, why is that? Why do you think that the team still heavily banks on Nico Castillo? Is it the price tag? Is it the fact that they, you know, still believe in his capabilities or is there something more to this? No, like I heard, I, I, 100% believe what Christian spoke about, too. I feel like the club still likes him. It's just, you know, at the same time, you know, you kind of mentioned it, um, especially Christian, whenever he talked about Ubin Samwesa, um, you know, you still got this foreigner problem. You know, we're not the, – the club hasn't registered him to trying to figure up that spot uh, uh, and everything. But, you know, I just don't think, you know, especially with the way Nico has performed, I don't think this piece performed up to the standards to what the club has bought him for, especially the the amount and the wages that the club is paying him right now. Um, so I feel like the club's still going to roll the dice with him. I feel like the club's going to look to get somewhat back to what they paid him. They paid for him. I don't necessarily think the club will ever will, unless for some reason Nico actually shows up and starts playing like the Nico Castillo that, you know, the club wants him to play. Then sure, you know, maybe they get back to what they paid for or paid for him. But, you know, I just, that's where I feel like it's going is the club is looking to get back to what they, what they spent for him rather than, you know, just sell him now. And obviously he's not going to go for much, uh, especially with, uh, the, with, uh, the way everything dropped in the world with COVID. And then, um, you got to look at too with uh, he's injured right now and, you know, his production, you know, wasn't there either. No, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, and I want to touch up on a little bit that Dylan just mentioned right now too. The, the world of transfers after COVID-19, and I think it's been highly talked about, but it's something that Miguel Herrera even spoke about to, to people on a, I think he was doing an interview for to the NA in saying that, look, um, our plans completely had to be changed after everything that's been going on financially. Every club was affected, uh, some more than others. I think America was one of the very fortunate teams in which they didn't have to cut salaries and that they were able to pay everyone. And, and I'm not just talking players. I'm talking staff. I'm talking about people that work, you know, in on the grounds and, and, and you know, people that prepare the meals. Every, everyone that works for that institution got paid throughout this process. Um, but 
of course, a lot of that money that you think was going to be spent towards, you know, reinforcements maybe had to be used to kind of continue to pay the funds. And so I think now we're really going to see a transition in time in which I think America is not going to focus so much on the big name signings as, you know, it's kind of we were already headed towards that. But now I think it's even forced that, you know, we're most likely not going to get an Arturo Vidal. You know, if he was on the cards and after this whole situation, I'm pretty sure it's not there anymore. Because um, you would imagine just even if you can get him on a free, his wages, I mean, you where do you free up kind of that wages to kind of get him back on the team? I, I don't think that's even possible. Um, so I'm curious to see and I'm curious to know, Christian, how do you think America is going to approach this new this transfer window because you were one of the player you were one of the people that kind of advocated for this transfer window and said you know what this is going to be huge detrimental for America going forward we were, we were going to lose a couple of players but we were going to get some reinforcements and actually build this team for two three seasons to come uh, and now it looks like it's completely been flipped on its head and how do you think mm-hmm. America now has to go about it to still kind of go and build that two to three year squad but now with even less of an option and even less of the funds. Yeah, well, COVID made me look like a like a dumb like like a dumb guy. So thank you for that. Uh, but yes, you were right though. I I was advocating all last season that this 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 transfer was going to be a big one, a huge one for us in terms of arrivals, and then like you said, some departures, but mainly arrivals. Unfortunately, that's not going to be the case. Um, like you just said, every club was hit financially. Um, so don't expect any big name moves. But do expect the rivals because we are America and we always have a rival. So expect the rivals. Just I don't know when they're going to come, but they're going to come. In terms of the two, three year team, it's not going to happen anymore. I think right now, America for right now, I know it's not a good plan. But for right now, they're just taking short term. They're thinking, all right, listen, let's just get, get, get through the season. Let's get through, you know, what we need to do. Let's get, have a good showing because we are American. We still need to show out and perform. Um, but I think for that window, I think you're going to have to wait, probably not even next summer, probably on the, the following window, which would be 2022, I believe. That window, that summer window, that's probably going to be the big window. So um, for right now, I think America's just going to stick to to whatever they can, uh, but trying to save money as well. No, yeah, definitely. It's going to be a weird transitional period, and I think economies have to go back to you know s- some sort of actual growth. Uh, you and know, stability. I don't think they're going to, yeah, and stability, and you know, it, it you know this better than anyone, Christian. That it, this is going to take a while. This is not something that's just going to happen overnight. It's going to happen next year. It's it, it's a process, right? This is something that's going to, you know, it's it's hurting us right now, and it's going to hurt us in the long run even more. So, especially, um, oh, sorry it, to cut you off, but especially with you know no fans in the in the stadium, you know that 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 it's a huge part of your revenue as well. You know, you you may not see it because. Yeah, okay, the Azteca might not be full every every fifteen days, but trust me, that that money helps a lot in the, in, in in the long run. So, uh, it's it's that we're definitely be hurt financially for a bit, but you know, rest assured that we we should get back there. No, definitely. But look, hear me out. Hear me out. What if all of us, all four million people that follow America on Twitter, what if we all send them like five dollars? Right. That that's a equivalent to like twenty million dollars. We can we can get someone decent for that money, right? We can. It's just, right? you, you you know how to contact the 4 million people, though? Dylan, we're going to leave that up to you. Uh, I don't know. Make a pen pal or something. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll send something. We'll get this going. $5 each. We'll get them. We'll start a GoFundMe for America. How's that Oh, sound? there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. 
um but yeah it, it's gonna be trifling times right now in the transfer market so it, you know we'll go into a little bit more detail later on in the season once we start getting closer to the actual apertura how things are gonna go we're gonna deep dive into it what america needs needs to do in this situation and all that stuff so you know it, it's gonna be interesting but um i mean we'll we'll have to wait and see but in regards to transfers that's the most updated news that we have for you guys um like I mentioned, follow us on Twitter. We're going to keep you guys up to date with all these transfer rumors. I know Christian is like glued to the transfer rumor <laughs> market right now. He is like, that's, that's, he doesn't even wake up and gets his cup of coffee. He wakes up and goes directly into the transfer rumors. Um, so, you know, he's, he's up to date and all that stuff. But um, let's actually talk a little bit more about what's going on with the club. Uh, so the club returned, obviously, back, uh, I believe, earlier this month, uh, started testing for COVID-19 all tests that they did came back negative. So that's a huge plus. Um, I know that some of the teams were actually struggling with that. I know Cruz Azul is one of those, right? Uh, with a couple of cases as well. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of very kind of uh, reassuring to know that our players are well and then, you know, abided by all the rules to make sure that they stayed healthy. And now they're back at training, of course, uh, with all the safety protocols and measure. And, um, and, and now that all of that has kind of been taken care of, we have a couple of announcements. One being the biggest one is Miguel Herrera has extended his contract for another four years. So we have Miguel Herrera for 2024. Christian, how do you feel about this? Are you excited? Are you happy? Are, are you glad that Piojo's here for another four years? Or were you thinking maybe we should have given him a shorter contract? Or are mm-hmm. you kind of one of those fans that too were saying, um, hey, maybe we should have started looking elsewhere? I'm indifferent. Um, this is just something about Piojo that I like, obviously, um, he, he has America DNA built in him literally from, 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 from head to toe. He's all America. Um, I think that's, that's very important. Someone that knows the colors, someone that knows that the only objective is to win and to win some more. Um, that's something he, he's, uh, he's, uh, installed in the players throughout the year. So that, that's definitely a huge plus. The big negative for me is his play style. It's it's very repetitive. It's very uh, like teams teams can figure you out uh, in 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 very minimal time. And I think when when you don't adapt and when you don't try to change things up, it can get very difficult for you. Uh, we we've seen it uh, throughout numerous games, especially last season. Um, the only thing that keeps me hopeful is that he did say that this season we're going to see a whole new America, meaning a whole new play style, a whole new way to take on the game. So I'll give him this season and the Clausura season, and then I'll make my choice, and then I'll, I'll come back to you on that one. But if I don't see improvements in the play style or at least some sort of identity within this team, because let's face it, guys, there wasn't really much identity in this team. It was basically just bring it out to Renato or or whoever the left winger was at that game, and then let them let them create the work. That's pretty much all it was. Let's not let's not sugarcoat it. Let's not say anything else. That's literally all it was. And it didn't take a rocket science genius to kind of figure that out. It it you know we have the players you know to go out and execute it because we were winning. We made it to a final. We almost won the final with that kind of play style. But it's just, you know, when, when teams start, you know, trying to figure the player out and then especially this season with Leo Suarez, him coming in, him adapting is a little bit easier to figure him out as well. Um, and then we have we basically have no left winger. We're rotating in and out. No players getting consistent minutes and no player can get in a consistent form. It's going to be easier to stop him as well. So we'll see this season, though. Um, I'm excited to see what kind of new play style he has um, and let's see what, what he can do with it. Definitely, definitely. 
Dylan, the way I'm hearing it is we're going to play playing eight at the back for this upcoming season. Um, what is your thought about uh, Pio Herrera? I'm one of those people that still advocate for him, and I've said it time and time again, and I keep saying it until Pio Herrera proves me wrong, but um, I think he could be the Sir Alex Ferguson of uh, America in the sense that he can be the, our long-term coach that can keep bringing us success after success, championship after championship. Um, do you think I'm crazy for saying this? Um, or, or or do you kind of agree to some extent that Piojo is the right man for this job? And are you happy for this four-year extension? You know, I think Piojo is the right man for the job. But I think you comparing Piojo to Sir Alex Ferguson is a bit of a reach there, man. So you might want to just... Uh, <laughs> you might, might want to stay off the in and out for a little bit. But that's another discussion we'll have later. <laughs> Someone clip that. <laughs> but anyway, I just think this this contract extension is interesting for the most part because, you know, you're in you're in the pandemic. But how often do you really see a coach in the guy make he's getting an extension? Maybe besides Tuco Ferretti too. Um but I just find this so interesting whenever I saw it. Cause like, man, like, you know, you go a league of Mickey season. What do you see? You see what five coaches get fired and then you have a new one by the class. Five is the minimum. Yeah. If I was like the minimum is you know, just to see him get extended. I think this shows that the club has the faith in the man and to, you know, lead this team in the future. Um, especially now, you know, with plans changing, you know, like we already talked about it too, the financial part and all of this too. Um, I feel like to some some extent, you know, we might bring in players, but I feel like at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't bring in players because maybe the financial um, support's not there necessarily to bring in players. So, I mean, like, why would you bring in somebody else whenever Piojo already has a relationship with these guys to, you know, to lead them in the short term? And then, you know, like Christian was talking about, whenever you get to the part where you're bringing in more revenues, you're having the more money to go out and buy players, then that's when I think Piojo's going to come down to show, you know, win us the title or you're out kind of thing to me, if that makes any sense. But I feel like this is a good move. I feel like, you know, for this, when you're looking at the short term with the way things are right now, uh, Piojo's the guy to lead this team right now. And I think he will be uh, in the long run. Yeah. I mean, you're right, Christian. I think there's kind of some identity that identity crisis that America faces with Piojo at the helm. Um, but if he does say that he's going to transition into something different, into something new, and he's cooking something for America, then I think, uh, by all means, let's let's give him the opportunity to kind of, kind of, you know, implement his new style, and maybe he blows us, you know, out of the water with this whole new tactic. And if yeah. that's the case, then well, then great, awesome. I think that's exactly <laughs> what we want. Um, so you know. We'll have to wait and see what Piojo does, but I I think we can all agree that uh, this is the right move to 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 go through because I think if you bring a new manager in, um, in this whole crisis situation and kind of throw in kind of a wrench in, in all of this, I, I don't think the team you know adapts very well, and I think you know some of these players are used to kind of the environment that Piojo has set up already, so I think it was crucial for this America side to keep Piojo at least for this Apertura and Clausura, and then we'll see and progress from there on. Um, yeah, that's pretty much the Miguel Herrera news. Let us know. Are you guys excited? Are you guys happy about this? Um, if you are, let us know why. If you're not, then, you know, let us know. A- am I reaching for the stars by saying he's the Mexican Alex, Alex Ferguson? Probably. But you know what? A guy can dream. A guy can dream. I, I, just, uh, I, just, I just think, too, I think you kind of asked, like, who do you bring in if, if, if you let your whole walk? I yeah, think, I mean, Cotomo Blanco is still doing his, you know, president. Uh, not presidential thing, his uh, governor well, thing. Yeah, so he's the only one I would actually want right now. Yeah, and, and then like kind of like you said too, you know, if you bring somebody in new, 
Um, you know, I just don't think you necessarily train the way you have been training because I think you know you're following different guidelines. Yeah, it's a whole different staff. Yeah, it's a whole yeah, it's a whole it's a whole different staff too. But not even just that, but you know, with the the pandemic going on, you know, I don't think you're training necessarily as a whole team. I mean, I stuff like that yeah. maybe trying to limit groups too a little bit. So you're not going to get that same feel as you go into the season. So I feel like Bill Hole just being there doing what he can do with uh, with that, but those limitations, I feel like he can still keep it together. No, yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, last bit of club update, and then we'll move on into the preview of the Copa por Mexico. Um, Renato Barra, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is a subject that we've kind of uh, stayed away for uh, only because we wanted to have the facts straight before we actually presented anything to you guys. Um, and it looks like Renato Barra is still... Uh, kind of being isolated away from the club. He actually hasn't even been training with the team. Uh, the only time he actually was in Coapa was to get tested for the whole COVID-19 situation. Um, he's still under payroll and all that stuff, it, it looks like. Um, but he did come out and give a public apology. Um, and I feel like a lot of people did say this, but it, it did feel a bit coerced by the club in, in the sense that it was like, hey, you want to stay in this team, then you got to prove it to us. And the first step you have to do is you have to go and publicly apologize uh, to everyone for what, uh, for your allegations, right? Uh, Whether it actually happened or didn't, that's still up in the air. I think only the people that were actually there that night will actually know truly what happened. If the truth saw the light of day, if it didn't, then, you know, we're only just subjected to what, all the information we're able to get unless the player or the actual person that was involved come out and say, look, this is the truth. This is what happened. We all, all we can go by is these speculations. And I think rather than, you know, kind of fiddle with that, I think it's just fair to say, and and, and look at the facts and look at this and say, okay, Renato Ibarra is under contract still. Well, was under contract still because he's supposedly got separated, but he had a contract for an extensive time with America. He just recently had signed a new one. And now we're looking at him publicly apologizing. So, Christian, how do you think this Renato Ibarra situation is being handled? And do you think, because a lot of people are still saying that this public apology wasn't enough and that he still is on the verge of being booted out of the, out of Coapa? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot of, uh, takes on this um obviously we'll just dive in i mean this is something i really didn't want to touch on but we'll just say just for the sake of saying the news um a lot of people are saying that this uh this public oh this public apology video was made um for mainly two reasons one reason was uh, you know the price tag's too high you know they, they can't find a, a, a buyer for him so if if they're not going to find a buyer for him, then might as well start the start the start the process of kind of integrating back into the squad and stuff like that. Um, and then we'll go from there. And I think that that's what a lot of people are are, are speculating just because of this whole pandemic and the whole crisis. Um, there isn't just money for him uh, for any other team to kind of acquire him. And then uh, I guess the second would just be you know they maybe they the board just forgave him and then they they have big plans for Renato Ibarra. Um, he did say that he was in, in his in his best years, um, and his best years are still to come. Um, that's a quote from his from his from his video. Um, and then he he if he believes that he can he can make an impact with America, then he's gonna try to he's gonna get the second opportunity and prove it. So it could go either way. Um, but like you said, Ivan, I think you said it perfectly. You know, we're only only information we have is what the media puts out, and that's it. You know, we're not we're not close to Renato, we're not close to his family. Um, we're not, we're never going to know what happened that night. You know, 
we're not, you know, people could say this thing and then Tumblr's could say this thing. Listen, it's it's not it's not it's not in our it's not our right to to kind of just assume what happened and paint him as a bad guy. You know, obviously at the moment it everything looked did look bad on him. Um, but you know, everyone saw the news. There's no need to repeat anything of it. Um, and I get, and everyone's still subjected to their own opinion of the player. But you know, as long as he's still with America, and you know, we're he in honestly, if he stays, he's probably gonna play. So it's definitely gonna be an an interesting um feeling and just I guess connection that the fans are gonna have when they see Renato Bar on the pitch if he does play on the pitch once again for America. Yeah, it's it's a very tricky situation, and I think it's gonna be even more tricky if he does end up staying. And like you said, he's gonna have to play because, I mean, I mean, scandal or no scandal, he's he's probably one of still our best players on the pitch. So, uh, you know, he's gonna contribute a lot if he does end up playing. So, um, I mean, we'll keep you guys up to date with the Renato situation over on Instagram and Twitter as well. And if any more news comes up, you know, we'll we'll let you guys know here on the podcast. Also, so keep your eyes out for that. We're not very hopeful that he might stay, but if he does, then you guys will hear from us and kind of our opinion into how you you probably would try to integrate someone like him back to the team. Um, you know, we're not saying it's right. We're not saying it's wrong. Um, we're just kind of giving you guys the facts um, and we'll let you guys base off your opinions. However it is that you guys want to go about it. Like I said, we're not here to take sides. We're only here to give you guys the information. Um, and, and that's what we've always tried to do. We try to stay, uh, you know, objective and we, don't try to give any bias, even though, you know, we are Americanistas. We try to present the facts as they are and we don't try to manipulate them in any other way. Uh, because, you know, at the end of the day, that we're just trying to bring you guys the best and utmost coverage. And I think that's the only way to do it um, if we do go about it in that route. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the Renati Water situation. And that pretty much wraps up everything in regards to the club. You guys have anything else to add? Mm-mm. No, I think we pretty much hit it off. Yeah, so, I mean, there's obviously going to be more news coming up ahead, and we're going to try to give you guys and bring you guys all that information uh, ahead of time, whether that be in the podcast, whether that be on Twitter, whether that be on, you know, in, in a different format. You guys just stay tuned, stay, stay, uh, you know, stay uh, up to date with everything that we're uh, we're bringing you guys, and hopefully, uh, you know, we get you guys that information firsthand. Uh, so let's talk about some actual good news here, and that is the fact that, well, I mean, We'll see how much good news is actually going to be. But America's finally coming back into preseason. The season starts off uh, on July 24th. We know that that is just, uh, I want to say, four weeks away. So the team needs to start getting uh, a feel of the ball and start playing. And the league has somewhat uh, invented this kind of preseason tournament called uh, the Copa GNP por México. And uh, this tournament's really just kind of hosted in two venues. It's going to be in Guadalajara, and the other one is going to be in Mexico City. The venues are going to be, of course, uh, at Chivas Stadium. Uh, and then uh, the Mexico City games are going to be played in Seu. Um, I mean, we could talk about the politics of all of this a little bit later and, and whether or not this actually should be kind of a go-ahead. But... Um, First of all, I, th- I think we're all pretty happy. We're all pretty excited when this first got announced that, hey, America's finally coming back to our screens. We're finally going to get some America uh, action. We're going to get to see your, some of the, these players actually start playing again. And we're going to be able to actually have a proper preseason going into the new season, um, which I think that's something that a lot of people had kind of worries about is whether or not these teams were going to be kind of prepared for this upcoming season because I know usually around this time America would be in Cancun and they would be you know 
practicing, getting their, you know, uh, stamina up and everything. So, Christian, how is it? Uh, how is it that you took the news about this Copa por México, um, and and how do you see it? Um, obviously, uh, just like I think everybody else, I'm just excited Liga Mekis was going to come back sooner than the 24th. Um, it's definitely an, an interesting format to the tournament, um, given everything, uh, every every uh, every game playing being played in one in one stadium for one group and then another stadium for the other group. Um, the team selection seems very very good. It's all all good teams. Um, so it especially in America's group. Um, so it, it should be it should be interesting. Uh, now I guess getting a little bit more political with it. Um, I'm very surprised it's still going on. I think me and Dylan had this conversation off camera. How uh, there's a lot of a lot of positive cases in our group as well, um, and the fact that the league knows about it and is still going to kind of going to go on with it seems a little bit um, unprofessional, immature. Um, it just doesn't seem right. But and again, like you know, who are we to just tell the league that you can't play? You know, they're going to do whatever they're going to do whatever they want. So um, as soon as I think you hear one positive case, I think that's just that, that's enough to bring a halt to the whole thing. Um, or at least you know switch out or switch out the team or something. But I mean, whatever. These, these are the eight teams that are going to be playing, um, and we're just going to have to just, I guess, deal with it. But I, I am still happy yeah. that it's, it's back though. Yeah, let, let me actually go through kind of the the group that we're in, our first game, and, and we'll talk about and we'll preview the first game and what to expect in that game, um, and then we'll kind of run through the numbers and and kind of you know talk about maybe why this tournament should have been going on and and we'll give some different correlations to that but uh, america's group is uh as follows so obviously america's in there toluca pumas and Cruz Azul. so uh straight off the bat three uh opponents that you would think in the regular season are definitely going to be someone to look out for um and uh you know i'm happy and and also a bit discon- uh, a bit concerned about our opponents one i'm happy because we get some pretty good oppositions to go up against and actually have a proper preseason for kind of a challenging purposes. Uh, the, the only thing is that, again, we're having a little bit more of a challenges and, and I'm, I'm a little bit worried to see how America goes up about this. Um, and especially the scary situation is the whole Cruz Azul situation that they do have some positive cases. Uh, you know, how can the league actually give us certainty that, you know, it's going to be safe to actually play against Cruz Azul, you know? So uh, that is that is kind of a, a kind of a, a touchy situation, like Christian mentioned. Uh, but let me give you guys a rundown of how America is going to be looking like this uh, this tournament. So obviously, first game is going to be against Toluca on Friday, July third. That game is going to be at seven p.m. Pacific time, ten Eastern. And then Tuesday, which is also the same day we podcast, so we're going to have to maneuver ourselves around that one. Mm-hmm. Is going to be against Pumas. That is also going to be at seven p.m. Pacific time. 10 Eastern. And then, of course, the last game, which is going to be against Cruz Azul, is going to be on Saturday, July 11th. That is also going to be 7 p.m. Pacific time, 10 p.m. Eastern. So there you guys have all that information. You guys can write that down into your guys' calendar when America is going to be playing. And then, of course, after that, uh, you know, if America makes it out of the group stage, they'll be going on and playing uh, against uh, the likes of either Tigres, Chivas, Mazatlan, and I forget the other team that's also Atlas. Atlas. There you go. Um, so, yeah, um, l- let's talk a little bit about this whole COVID situation and, and kind of everything that's been going on right now in Mexico. Because, uh, Dylan, I- I'm looking at the numbers right here, and, and you're someone that uh, is-, is very familiar with with, with uh, numbers and cases, obviously, with your work at uh, and what am. you do. Um, and look, 
yesterday when I was talking to you guys and I was actually making the show notes for everything, cases were about 43,596. I'm looking at the numbers now and it's gone up to about 47,000. Uh, just a little bit over 47,000. And the death toll from went from about 5,600 to about 6,360. Um, I, I mean, those numbers enough should be shocking, no? I mean, yeah, I mean, they are. I mean, it, it just seems like, you know, Mexico hasn't necessarily flattened their curve yet. I mean, then again, you know, you look at us here in the States. I mean, we started to, but, you know, <laughs> we're not the, we're not the best Mexico, role models so, either. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not, we're not a good role model, especially, especially Texas right now too. Um, But, you, you know, it's, it's just kind of like how you said too, you know, obviously, you know, you're playing at one stadium, these two groups, well, I mean, the two groups are playing at one stadium. Uh, You, you know, which teams you're playing, but Correct me if I'm wrong, somebody, but we haven't necessarily seen like any guidelines to what is going to go on with these players. Yeah, no, you know, yeah, I mean, I mean, you're kind of curious to how this is going to play out. And like you said, if we don't know now, I guess we're going to find out come, you know, th- this at the end of the week, you know, whenever we actually see it in action. Um, you know, you're just kind of wondering, is it going to be something similar to like what we've seen with like Bundesliga um, in La Liga and, you know, all these all these other places, too, that have already started playing? You know, are we going to follow some kind of same guideline i mean i feel like we're kind of making assumptions here but you know with cases trending you know you you kind of wonder too if those players are tested positive you know obviously i don't they shouldn't be i, I wouldn't think so that they're not even training um but we, we're not getting no updates so you know like how are, are they feeling you know are they recovering have they recovered you know but at the end of the day too recovered with this virus is kind of a loose term from what I've from what I've read and what I've um, heard from um, some medical experts here, um, whenever I'm covering stories that relate to COVID, but it's just kind of curious to see how this is going to all play out uh, in the end. To me, when it comes to keeping the safety of the players uh, a main priority for the league. No, yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I wonder how much of say do the players actually have? Um, and and kind of just to put an example, I mean. You know, there was talks about the NBA returning. And then, of course, a lot of players kind of voiced out and said, can you guys guarantee us that, you know, it's going to be safe to come back and play? Because, you know, they're obviously doing a tournament in just one venue, kind of what, you know, this preseason tournament is going to be like. And, you know, I I wonder if the players can kind of do the same in a voice and say, look, we want to have protocols to ensure the safety of ourselves because they're putting themselves on the line for entertainment purposes, I guess you could say, you know. Um, obviously, it is their job, but uh, you know, at, at some point too, you have to have a safety measure for these players, um, because of course they, you know, they they don't just live in the soccer field, right? They have to come home, they have to go home to their loved ones. You know, they there's people that they have to take care of and make that's sure that they, they are home. healthy. Yeah, that, that's even if they go home. Like, are they going to be stuck in like a hotel room for like the whole tournament, or, or even say the start of the tournament and then going into the Apertura? Like, you know, like it it just kind of makes you wonder those things too. No, yeah, definitely. Definitely. It, it's all up in the air. But um, like we mentioned, if we get any more news, if we get more protocols on how this tournament, the safety measures on all the guidelines, we'll let you guys know. We'll give that information over on Twitter and Instagram. We'll give you guys as much details as we can in regards to that. But uh, let's actually talk a little bit about the actual soccer or the football that's actually going to be played. Uh, Christian, what can we expect from America in the first game against Toluca, which is going to be this Friday? And by the way, all of these games that America is going to be playing, you guys can catch on through the N. They're going to be broadcasting everything. So you guys 
Don't miss it a beat. And of course, if you guys can, for whatever reason, not make it to the live game, we'll keep we'll cover you guys over on Twitter with live updates and everything on that aspect. But Christian, back to my question. Uh, what can we expect from this America on, on the first game against the Luca? Curveball. I have no idea what to expect yeah. this Friday night. Um, it's it's going to be very interesting to see what 11 he even puts out. Even predicting 11 right now would be ludicrous. Um, I just, I listen, I just hope I we see what we talked about earlier. Probably not to the full extent, because I think we'll see that when the season starts. But I guess hopefully we get an idea of what he's trying to implement. You know, I, I, I'm trying to catch a little bit of glimpses here and there of what the play style is going to be, what the identity is going to be, what the plan is going forward. Um, in terms of starting 11, listen, I don't, the only thing I pretty much assure you is pretty much Ochoa is going to be in that. And then after that, I have no idea what's going to happen after that. You really um, think so? I don't think Ochoa starts. I, I, I don't think Ochoa starts, at least not no, the first o- game. I no, think Jimenez gets the go ahead. Nah, Ochoa starts, buddy. I think, I think one assumption we can make is that we're going to see a lot of youngsters, right? I mean, we're sure. definitely going to see a lot of youngsters. Sure. But I mean, at the same time, that, I think though. you would want to take this opportunity to get most of your starting 11 to gel together after so long, right? That's what I'm saying. And you have a, you're, you're, you've been playing without an extended period of time. And you're going to be rusty on the pitch. So the, the, the faster you get your, your starters back into form, the better for you. It's going to be interesting. It, it definitely is going to be interesting. And it's such a weird time, right? Because it's usually we'd preview a game, we'd give you guys a little bit of detail of the team coming into this, but there's really no details to say that they're just kind of warming up and getting things going. Uh, we don't even have anything to keep you guys on Toluca's aspect, only that Talavera has left. So, you know, we're going to have either Pollo Saldivar uh, in goal for them or uh, their other goalkeeper. So, you know, it's, it's, it's still up in the air as to what we're going to see. Hopefully we get a good game. Um, don't expect this to be uh, at the Liga Mekis caliber that we're so used to. Um, expect this to be very Sunday League-esque in a sense. Yeah. Um, we're going to see a lot of sketchy passing, uh, a lot of frustration, and uh, try your best not to break your TV or your remote because it is, it, it's going to be choppy. It's going to be yeah. choppy. And that's just the situation that we're in, in right now. So we have to give this team time to gel. Um, and like Christian said, it's very ludicrous for us to even try to tell you, hey, this is going to be kind of the plain style. Chicken because Little did Phil it. Said, huh? Chicken Little did it. Well, well, let's 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 give Chicken Little the platform here. So Chicken Little is going with Ochoa, Paul, Emma, Bruno, Reyes, Suarez, Cáceres, Richard, Roger, Henry, and Vinas. Interesting. Well, Chicken Little, if uh, if you do end up getting that right, uh, we'll uh, we'll find a way to compensate you for getting that right. But uh, should be interesting. Should be interesting. Um, anything more to Anything else to add on in regards to this Copa por Mexico preseason tournament, or do you think we kind of hit everything? Look, like like we said, like you like we've been saying, you know, it's going to be rusty. But I I think you know you just kind of look past that. And just realize, you know, everybody's favorite team is back. And it's going to be, I feel like you're going to have some fun. You know, you're going to see it on the big screen. You know, you might just kick back, have some, have some beer, you know, have some chips, you know, just stay inside, you know, don't go out with, you know, cases surgeon here in the U.S. But still, like, you know, it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting just to see this team come back, you know, throw on the yellow and, you know, just watching soccer again. You know, it's, it's just going to be fun. It, it, just look at it as fun, you know, and if you want to look at it and break it down, you know, yourself too. You know, that's fine. Do that. But just know it's going to be fun. It's going to be great. It's back. Let's soak it in as much as we can. 
No, yeah, definitely. Oh, and by the way, there is not going to be any yellow yeah, for the, the for, for this tournament. We're we're gonna see uh, we're gonna see the away kit used heavily until they release the home kit. Um, and and okay. just to kind of pick your guys' brain because we're running out of time here. Um, but uh, what is your guys' take on this on on the new jersey on the new away kit, which I'm actually sporting right now? What, what do you do? You guys like it? Do you guys not? And I know we kind of did a review video that's over on our YouTube channel. Make sure you guys check that out if you guys haven't done already. But uh, what are you guys' uh, thoughts on this new away kit? I like it. I, 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 I like I, I like <laughs> I like I like the since, since since the leak came out. I mean, there was a lot of people who who didn't like it. Um, I think you were one of them, Ivan. That you said you yeah, didn't I, like I it. You you weren't yeah, a big fan of, of it. Um, I think just with every America jersey, I think everyone just like likes to hate on it, but then it grows on them. Listen, you're gonna buy it either way, right? Whether you hate yeah, it or love it, you're still gonna buy it either way. So, I mean, it's nice to have a nice design, obviously, but I like it though. It's it's very it's very nice. I was, I was okay with it. I didn't necessarily hate it, but I was like, oh man, like this is amazing. But I got something cool though. You guys want to see? Look at that! Oh, your mask, yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Staying I'm, I'm, safe and fashionable at the same time. Yes. People at work love it. <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, it, you know, it, it grows. I mean, you know, it'd be great if we could find a way to give kind of a segment on how much revenue uh, the club actually makes from jersey sales and how much Nike profits is from it. And That'd how much the people who actually sell profit from it. It'd be really interesting. We... we that would be really interesting. If we can work that out, we definitely get you guys that information. Um, I don't know if anyone would even be interested in that. But um, <laughs> in regards to this Copa por Mexico, uh, anything else to be said, or do you guys think we've kind of hit it all on the nail on the head? I think America's we hit it back. Right. America's back, baby. America's back. That's right. So make sure you guys tune on into your screens at 7 p.m. Pacific time, 10 uh, 10 p.m. Eastern time at on Friday, July 3rd, over on to the NA. If you guys again cannot make it for whatever reason, and I don't know why uh, anyone would not be glued to a TV um, because all the bars should be closed. Uh, yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah. So um, make sure you guys do. And if for whatever reason you can't, then you know. Hop on over on Twitter and we'll keep you guys covered on all things in that game. We're excited to be back. We're excited to be talking to you guys, all things the Sagales in America. But our time has run out. We don't want to keep you guys here any longer. So everyone over on YouTube, everyone over on Twitter, thank you so much for joining us. The EY Podcast is back on its home channel. And of course, we're back in many great different ways. So make sure if you guys are over on YouTube, go like and subscribe right now and click that bell notification because we're going to be bringing you guys a lot more content throughout this whole preseason and for the upcoming Apertura. And if you're over on Twitter and you don't follow us, then go ahead, follow us. Why not? Please. We won't fight, promise. Um, gentlemen, anything else to say before we sign off? Um, yes, I just want to say thank you to everyone who came out to our return. Um, I just hope like everyone's staying safe. Uh, everyone's family is safe and healthy, especially. Uh, but we'll get through these tough times, and America's back, baby. Definitely, Dylan. Wear a mask, please. <laughs> Preferably yes, an America be one. Be safe, please. Just be safe. Be safe, everyone, and uh, thank you to everyone. Uh, Chris Rivera, Cari Torres, uh, our friend Cari Torres on the Ooh. chat. Uh, AJ, thank you so much, AJ, for not even, for just not just being on the chat, but for your informational video. Make sure you guys follow him at Blue Cream. Um, at the blue cream, excuse me. Uh, thank you to everyone. Chicken Little, thank you for having for coming back. Diego Martinez, every single one of you guys. If I've missed anyone, I'm so so sorry. And to everyone listening over on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, wherever you're listening to us, because we're all over 
all over the globe. Do you guys know that there's someone in India that listened to us? That is mind-blowing. And if you're listening to this right now, shout out to you as well. But that's all the time we have for right now. We'll be back next week to talk all things La Sagrada de la América. It might not be on a Tuesday or it might be earlier on Tuesday because America does play against Pumas. But uh, we'll keep you guys up to date on that aspect as well. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming out. Wear a mask. Stay safe. And as always, we'll be talking to you guys very, very soon. Uh, hasta la próxima. And as always, Arriba la América. Good night, everyone. Wear a mask. Ladies and gentlemen, this was another production of the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one source for all things Club America in English. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Eagle Eye Podcast and get all the latest news and coverage. And subscribe to our podcast wherever it is you may listen. 